the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJunior20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. All right, y'all. We're coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, lots of rumors flying about potential trades. Lots of questions to ask about the Mariners. Uh, in this episode, we will discuss the uh, Shohei Otani rumor explosion on Twitter. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the goofiness that's been put out there, what's realistic, what's not. Uh, we will dig into the trade rumors article that just came up on MLBTradeRumors.com regarding the St. Louis Cardinals' interest in Logan, Gil- in Logan Gilbert. Uh, what would it take for the Mariners to trade Gilbert? What's uh, What makes sense um, to me? And then we will cover the uh, fifth starter role for the Mariners. Uh, what steps can the Mariners take? How quickly do they have to do it? Uh, this is regarding Brian Wu and his in- innings limit. We'll cover second half expectations real quick. That'll be something we'll dive into a little bit more in uh, subsequent episodes. We'll talk Detroit Tigers and then uh, we'll end with uh, today's pitching matchup of Luis Castillo against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. So over the all-star break, a lot was a big deal was made of Shohei Otani uh, saying that he has spent a uh, part of the off season in Seattle the last couple of years. Um, Mariners fans, I assume it was Mariners fans at the all-star game uh, chanting, wanting to bring Shohei Otani to Seattle we all know he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Shohei Otani's uh, interpreter came out and said that he's been a, he was a big Mariners fan. So a lot of signs pointing towards um, at least there being some thought of Shohei to Seattle. He people forget that Seattle was the runner-up in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes when he came over from Japan. Uh, a lot of folks thought he would come to Seattle. So Seattle has history with Japanese players, obviously, uh, the biggest one being Ichiro Suzuki. But, you know, Kazuhiro Sasaki was a big deal in Japan and ended up being a big deal for the Mariners in the early 2000s. Uh, uh, Kenji Jojima was the catcher for a long time. So there's obviously Pacific Coast. You've got a huge Asian American community in Seattle. Um, lots of marketing opportunity. All, all of that is there for Shohei. Uh so it makes sense that Seattle would at least be on his radar. And then uh, the Angels have been struggling, right? You've got Mike Trout out for four to eight weeks after undergoing surgery for a fractured hamate bone in his hand. Uh, the Angels have been playing pretty poorly over the last um, couple of weeks. And so they're 45 and 46 heading into the break. That's fourth place in the AL West. They've fallen behind Seattle. Um, they're five games back of the Blue Jays in the wild card race. And it's, you know, it's ugly. Their playoff odds, according to Fangrass, is 10.7%. Um, JP Morosi of Major League Baseball Network said that the Angels would consider incoming trade scenarios, but that a trade remains unlikely. Uh, he said this today. Just for context, Shohei Otani is hitting 302. He's got 32 home runs at the break, 63 runs, 71 RBIs, 11 steals. 
He's also seven and four with a three three two ERA and a one one zero WHIP in a hundred point one innings this season. So he's basically giving you what uh, the Mariners' top three starters have given the Mariners. So Kirby uh, Castillo and Gilbert have given the Mariners so far this season on top of a 300 hitter with 30 home runs already. It's just wild, his production. Um, so what I want to dig into is, A, does it make sense for the Mariners to trade real assets for Shohei Otani at the deadline, knowing that he would be a free agent at the end of the year and free to sign elsewhere? Is that idea of a rental good? Is it bad? Should the Mariners just hold? Um, and then what would you be willing to give up for Shohei Otani for a couple months of Shohei Otani? Uh, so first thing, what would you trade? They certainly would be asking for at least one, potentially two of Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. Um, hitters wise, there's not a lot of hitters on the major league roster. I think that would be of interest to the Angels unless there's somebody who like a Ty France that they have eyeballed for a while. I doubt it. What I have on my list is Jared Kelnick and then any of the minor leaguers, right? Jonathan Classe, Harry Ford, Cole Young, Feldman Celestin, Gabriel Gonzalez, on and on. My guess is to acquire, first of all, the Angels would be reluctant to deal Shohei within the American League West. I think that is clear. Um, I would assume the Mariners would have to overpay for him if they were dealing him within division. So let's start there. Again, I think it would be at least one, potentially two of Miller, Wu, Gilbert, Kirby. Uh, if it's Kirby, it's probably just Kirby plus hitter, plus a hitter. It could be Miller and Wu plus a hitter or two, right? And I know people will be upset, but this is, you're talking about in division, where there's typically attacks, and it's Shohei Otani, who's probably the best from being honest, he's probably the best baseball player of my lifetime. Um, so would you do it, right? Would you lop off 40% of your starting rotation without a lot of depth in order to acquire him? Um, any of the hitters, I don't think would be, unless you're giving up all of them, I the hitters don't bother me as much. Kalnick, Class A, Ford, Young, on and on. I don't think that's as big of a hit as the pitching is. Uh, giving up one of those pitchers plus hitters, I think I would consider it um, giving up two of them. The only two in combination, I think that would be uh, acceptable would be Miller and Wu because you have uh, health questions to a certain extent with Wu because of the surgeries. And you have questions about whether they have staying power within the major leagues. Whereas Logan Gilbert and George Kirby have proven over the last couple of years that they are here to stay. They are 180 inning pitchers. Um, you know exactly what you have in them. So that's what the trade would look like. Uh, a rental would be bad. Obviously, you're mortgaging a portion of your future and a chunk, certainly a chunk of your pitching future to bring him on. This is an all-in bet. This is a bet to win the World Series in 2023. It's also what the Mariners fans have been yelling for for a while. Um, you're pushing all of your chips into the middle of the table if you are trading for Shohei Otani at the deadline because of what the Angels will be requesting from the Mariners. So you're mortgaging your future to a certain extent. You're giving up, especially if it's two pitchers, you're giving up almost all of your, your starting pitching depth that you've worked so hard to build. 
Um, there's no guarantee that Marco Gonzalez is coming back this season. Certainly Robbie Ray is not. What you have in the minor leagues is Emerson Hancock and Tyler Dollard, which we will cover later on. Uh, you don't have a lot of depth, man. You're you're looking to you're going to probably look at the free agent market for pitching next season if you were to deal from that depth. And then the big one is that Shohei Otani could very well take off at the end of the year and sign with the Dodgers, sign with the Yankees, right? Sign with any team, not Seattle. So you've given up for the opportunity to try to win a World Series this season. You've given up a lot of your pitching depth. You're really taking a huge step backwards by giving up that pitching depth to acquire him just to have him leave at the end of the year. Why would this make sense? Well, the biggest one for me is not 2023. The biggest reason for me is that the Mariners would have an opportunity to, sh- to show Otani in a minute-to-minute basis what his life would be like if he, if he signed a long-term deal with the Mariners, right? What is it like in Seattle to live here? What is it like to be playing in front of the number of fans that would come out to see Shohei and Julio Rodriguez? How does the organization treat him, right? What is it like to play side-by-side with Julio? I think that there's something to be said for the energy and enthusiasm and personality and leadership of Julio Rodriguez versus that of Mike Trout, right? Mike Trout is boring. I'm sorry to say he's, he's boring. And I think that would be infectious for Shohei. I think that the rest of the Mariners, you've got J.P. Crawford and A. Eugenio Suarez, right? There's these positive player, positive guys, guys who are leaders. Um, I know I've talked a lot about the lack of leadership within the Mariners, but I do think there's positive energy, and that's something that Otani would thrive on. Um, it gives you a real opportunity to sell the Mariners and the city of Seattle to Shohei Otani, and to me that is of incredible value. I do think that increases the, the chances that Shohei would sign with Seattle. Um, as I said, he did, the Mariners did finish second, uh, when trying to sign him from Japan. Uh, he spent multiple off seasons here. His translator, as I said, it was a Mariners fan. Um, he'd be exposed to, I know it was exposure in LA too, but he'd be exposed to a pretty cool Asian American community in Seattle. Um, I would assume that the Mariners would, uh, would ask, uh, Ichiro to be a part of that recruitment process. Um, Ultimately, I think he stays in Los Angeles and goes to free agency. I don't think that uh, specifically dealing uh, Shohei Otani within division would be something that the Angels could stomach. I think that their fans would revolt. Um, But I do think the Mariners need to do their due diligence. I think the Mariners should make an offer on Shohei Otani if they haven't already. Um, I just don't know if... uh, if the angels would even consider that, but I do think it's exciting. The, the energy and enthusiasm behind the Mariners and the connection between Shohei Otani and the Mariners is strong. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Mariners could be a, a prime competitor in the race to sign him uh, after the season. Again, as far as the trade goes, I would draw the line at two pitchers, but I'd say you could have one of, Gilbert Wu and Miller, and basically at least one, potentially two of the young uh, hitters in the minor leagues as well. 
So we will keep you posted on all the Shohei rumors and how the Mariners are involved with that. I find it fascinating. I think it, a lot of it is to sell, uh, is to sell or to to get clicks. But um, it is the rumor is out there, and obviously there's a connection between Shohei Otani and Seattle. All right, moving along to the uh, MLB trade rumor that just came out regarding the St. Louis Cardinals' interest in Logan Gilbert. I'm sure every team is interested in Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert is a number three starter for the Mariners. He probably is a number two starter um, within baseball. I think he's better than that uh, when you compare him to other teams, but the Mariners' rotation is so strong that he's a number three. Uh, he's young, he's controllable. Um, I think he has four years left of team, three and a half years left of team control. Uh, so Cardinals expressed interest. Cardinals came out a couple of days ago and said they're, they're going to be sellers during the deadline and they will be looking to acquire players with an eye on 2024. Um, who would the Mariners be looking at within the Cardinals? Certainly Jordan Montgomery, left-handed starting pitcher, uh, ground ball heavy approach uh, was in with the Yankees until he was traded to the Cardinals, I believe, for Harrison Bader last season. Underrated starter, um, definitely could become a number three, number four starter for the Mariners. Uh, from a performance standpoint, to be honest with you, I don't know what the drop off is from Jordan Montgomery to or drop off is from Logan Gilbert to Jordan Montgomery. I bet you it's less than you would expect. Uh, would I do that straight up? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't think that, I think the team control is the majority of why you wouldn't do it. Uh, Montgomery this season is six and seven with a 3.23 ERA, uh, 103 innings. So similar number of innings, similar ERA, uh, 96 strikeouts and 103 innings. He ran a ground ball rate of 46%. So not quite as good of a pitcher, despite the better ERA, in my opinion, as Logan Gilbert. Uh, but he's a free agent at the end of the year. So that's why the Cardinals will be looking to trade him. Jordan Hicks is a relief pitcher who will be, I believe, will be a free agent at the end of the year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Hicks is notorious for like the 103-mile-an-hour sinker that he throws. He's become their closer this season. And so uh, they probably would would value him quite a bit. He's a free agent in 24 I don't think the Mariners need relief pitching. I certainly don't think the Mariners would pay for relief pitching. Same goes with Ryan Helsley. He's another hard 100-mile-an-hour throw uh, pitcher at the back of their bullpen. Um, Genesis Cabrera is a left-handed reliever who I know is on the market uh, in St. Louis. Mariners, I think, if I assume that they are okay with Gabe Spire and Taylor Saucedo. I don't think they would give up uh, – any sort of real assets for a left-hand reliever. And then Jake Flair or Jake, Jack Flaherty, who has been injured the last couple of years, I think was a bit overrated uh, for the last couple of years as well. People waiting for him to come back from injury. He's 27 years old. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He has come back to throw 92 and two thirds innings to a 4.27 ERA. Um, he had two really great seasons in 18 and 19, but since then he's been hurt. So I'm not trading too much for him either. Offensively, you've got Tyler O'Neill. We all know who he is. He was dealt straight up for Marco Gonzalez a number of years ago. He's been uh, both injured and not performed as well. The one year where everyone went gaga over him, it was in large part because of a high batting average of balls in play. I'm not a big fan. 
Uh, I would not be excited about a Tyler O'Neill acquisition. Dylan Carlson is a switch hitting center fielder. Uh, not a great hitter. Uh, talented, was high up on prospect lists. I would not be excited about him either. Tommy Edmond is a very, very good utility guy. Uh, steals bags, double-digit home runs. A bit what you would have expected from Colton Wong as far as offensive production. Uh, he would probably slide in at second base. That's his natural position, although he can play shortstop, third base, and outfield. I think St. Louis would be asking a decent amount for him. Same with Brendan Donovan. I've made my feelings known about Brendan Donovan. Both Edmund and Donovan, while I think they would play a, they would upgrade the team slightly, uh, specifically at second base. I don't think they put the Mariners over the top. I don't think the Mariners give up a Logan Gilbert for one of those two. Paul DeYoung, we've talked about as well, uh, has been up and down from the majors and minor leagues since signing an extension with the Cardinals early on in his career. Power hitting, lower average, shortstop. Again, I don't think he makes a huge difference. Nolan Gorman, we've covered left-handed hitting, power hitting, second baseman, uh, probably slightly below average defensively, 23 years old, but hits for a ton of power. Um, he would probably cost the Mariners the most. He probably would improve the Mariners the most out of the hitters I've just discussed. I'm not a huge fan of Nolan Gorman. I think there's so much swing and miss in his profile it would scare me a bit. Also, the fit in uh, Seattle with the park is not perfect either. So when I go down that list, there's no one on that list that I would be excited about the Mariners acquiring in exchange for Logan Gilbert. It would have to be probably Jordan Montgomery plus one of those hitters. Even then, I don't know how excited I would be. Uh, I would assume the Mariners would plan on, on re-signing Jordan Montgomery if they could. Now, the one player, and I know this is not realistic, but the one player on the Cardinals that would be of extreme interest to me is Jordan Walker. He is their young, I believe he's 21 now, 21-year-old prospect. He was a anywhere ranked from anywhere from number one to number five um, by Prospect Hounds uh, coming into the season. He is a potential 40 home run, like 260, 270 hitter, um, huge power. 6'5", 220, he's probably closer to 240. Now he just turned 21 years old. Um, Uber prospect. Mariners would probably have to give up Gilbert Plus if the Cardinals would even be willing to consider a trade of Jordan Walker. I don't think they are, um, but he would be the one player that would excite me. That said, I don't see the match. Uh, like I said, I'd have to admit I would be disappointed if the Mariners traded Logan Gilbert for one of the players on that list. All right. Oh, last thing. I swear JP Morosi's got to be a Cardinals employee. The number of Cardinals to Mariners uh, connections he makes and how ridiculous most of them are. Um, so fifth starter, Mariners have a an upcoming issue with the rotation and the fifth starter position. Uh, Brian Wu has been outstanding Talked a little bit about it yesterday when giving him, giving out the pitching grades. He has a 2.20 ERA since his first start in Texas. Uh, he's going to be very good. I love Brian Wu. But he threw 57 innings last season. He's at 78 and two-thirds innings so far this season between AA and uh, the major leagues. 
The Mariners front office is, has already alluded to shutting Brian Wu down sometime in the second half. I assume it's got to be pretty soon, given the number of innings he's thrown. He had Tommy John surgery in 2021 while at Cal Poly. So two years off of Tommy John, you know, you have to increase your, your uh, innings incrementally. And so pretty soon Brian Wu is not going to be a part of the Mariners rotation anymore. I came up with three routes or three options the Mariners can take um, with regards to replacing Brian Wu in the rotation. The first one is hoping that Marco Gonzalez is healthy or going to be healthy soon. He he went out on June 3rd with a forearm flexor strain. He resumed throwing uh, later on in the month, but then hit a snag. Uh he has nerve issues in his elbow, so he's now out until at least the end of this month. That would mean about three weeks from two or three weeks from now. But the real question is, even if Marco Gonzalez is healthy, is he an asset? Is he what you want as your number five starter? 2020 was the last time he had a Fangraphs war above 0.6. Uh, he did have a 3.96 ERA in 2021, over 143 innings. His ex-FIP was 5.16. His expected fielding independent pitching number was 5.16. So according to that, uh, he was really a, you know, not a true 3.96 ERA pitcher. He is a career 4.14 ERA pitcher with a 1.29 whip. We all know he lets on a ton of guys, doesn't strike out a bunch. So my question, as I said, is even if he's healthy, what is he? Is he your number five starter? Is he enough? to get the Mariners into the playoffs. Obviously, in the playoffs, they would not utilize him as a starting pitcher. You just need him to get you to uh, the playoffs. Not my favorite option. Option number two is promote Taylor Dollard or uh, Tyler Dollard or Emerson Hancock. They're both 24 years old. Dollard is in AAA. Currently, uh, he is he was MLB Pipeline's number eight Mariners prospect. 6'3", 195, fifth round, and fifth round pick in 2020. He's only made three starts in AAA this season. He's 0-2 with the 7.56, but last season in AA, he was 16-2 with a 2.25 ERA and a 0.95 whip. Uh, he throws in the low 90s. He has a high 70s kind of sweeper-ish type of slider and a mid-70s curveball. He also has a changeup, but he is a command over stuff pitcher through and through. Uh, I think his upside, as I've said, is that of a number five. Um, it's funny, Baseball Prospectus had a little comment at the end of their Taylor Dollard blurb that said, uh, if you like Chris Flexen, you might like Dollard. And I, I laughed out loud when I read that. Uh, he's not the best case scenario. I think he's a break glass in case of emergency type of scenario for the Mariners with their fifth uh, starter position. Emerson Hancock is in double a he was the number five prospect according to pipeline again 24 years old 6'4 213 he was the number six overall pick by the Mariners in the COVID 2020 draft out of uh University of Georgia this season he's nine and three with a 530 ERA and a 141 whip he's repeating double a this season he struck out a bit more hitters than he has previously um in 22, he was seven and four with the three seven five over 98 in the third innings. He's been hurt a lot of his Mariners career. He was injured in 21 with the shoulder. 
part of missed part of 22 with the lat strain. Uh, when he was drafted, he was touted as sitting, you know, 96, 97. He now sits about 94 miles an hour. He's got a short, really tight slider and a changeup, but there's a lot of run on the fastball. That's why I've said it looks a bit like a two-seamer. And he runs into a lot of bats. It actually is more of a horizontal run, and that doesn't help him to strike out uh, strike out hitters. So he's not really the Mariners. It's interesting they took him as high as they did because he doesn't really fit the profile of, you know, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, some of the other really kind of uh, straight um, elite spin type of four-seamers that you see from Mariners pitching. Uh Hancock, I think, has a bit higher upside than Dollar does. I think that's part of why you hear his name at times in trades. But, and I don't think he would be a horrible solution with the number five spot, um, but I wouldn't be comfortable with it. Uh, I would have a veteran on the roster who could take his spot in case he imploded, um, but he might be worth a shot. So that's option two is either Dollar or Hancock. Option three is to make a trade. We've talked about this at length. Uh, the pitchers that were on the top 20 trade candidate list that uh, the article that I uh, cited a couple podcasts ago in on CBS Sports by RJ Anderson included Max Scherzer, who has an opt out in 23, Lucas Giolito, who's a free agent at the end of the year. I talked about Jordan Montgomery, James Paxton with the Red Sox, who's been very good this season, Marcus Stroman with the Cubs, who's been very good, Eduardo Rodriguez, who the Mariners are facing tonight who I will dive deeper into when we talk about the matchup. Wade Miley, junk balling lefty for the Brewers. Jack Flaherty, we talked about earlier. Michael Walker was signed by the Padres this offseason, but I, the Padres, would I think, would be willing to deal if they fall out of the race. Rich Hill, the never-dying uh, uh, never, never left-handed starter for the Pirates. Uh, he's 44 years old, I believe. Um, Rich Hill would just be someone who... The Mariners would slot in number five and similar to Marco Gonzalez. Lance Lynn uh, with the White Sox. A lot of these guys are going to cost a lot. I think Lynn would cost quite a bit. Uh, the ones that I think are decent options for the Mariners are Jordan Montgomery, James Paxton, Wade Miley, and Rich Hill. Um, I call them good options because I don't think they would cost the cost the farm. I don't think they would even cost necessarily a Mariners starting pitcher. Um I don't like the idea of giving up a starter. I really don't. So you got the trade option. Some of those pitchers would cost a ton. Some of them would cost less. You've got the uh, 24-year-old minor leaguer coming up to occupy the fifth spot option. And then you have the Marco Gonzalez option. I don't love any of those. I think the most, the Mariners' most serious one is the trade option if they really do want to win this season. Uh, I think the most realistic one is that they bring up Dollar or Hancock soon. So second half expectations of the Mariners. Um, what I have in my notes, acquire a bat and a fifth starter. We talked about the fifth starter. We've talked previously about acquiring a bat for the middle of the lineup, preferably a DH bat or someone that plays second. The second base bat's going to cost more. Uh, don't mortgage the farm unless it's for Shohei Otani. Uh, a lot of the names mentioned I don't think are worth uh, trading a bunch of assets or big assets for outside of Otani. I've chronicled earlier the, you know, the fact that a lot of the Mariners' bats get hotter as the weather gets warmer. 
Um, I know that's across Major League Baseball that happens, but there are some very definitive ones within the Mariners, specifically Eugenio Suarez. So in my notes, I have let the hitters get hot. I think Julio is due for a hot streak. Um, Certainly Eugenio Suarez is going to get hot. Uh, his, His history says he will. I think Taylor Hernandez has another hot streak in him to help carry the Mariners. Uh, Jared Kelnick is a wild card. We don't know what's coming from him, but I would not be surprised to see him uh, start to heat up. Ty France, I think, is still suffering a bit from maybe not suffering is the right isn't the right word, but I think the wrist injury that he suffered last season has impacted him quite a bit. And any rest that Ty France can get, I think, is good. So this all-star break was probably a good thing for him. Um, And then hopefully the bats, after being able to study a bit more and there being a bit of coaching over the all-star break, are a bit more patient. And by patient, I don't mean um, walking. I mean getting into more hitters counts, right? Looking for pitches in specific areas, specific pitches in specific areas, not just swinging at everything. The Mariners are going good when J.P. Crawford gets on base you know, Julio can get into a hitter's count and not swing at the first pitch. Uh, Ty France, same thing. I just think that patience, Mariners batters have to be more patient. Um, and I I foresee the Mariners uh, in the playoffs. I really think that these bats are going to get hot. I know the pitching was great. I don't, there's no reason to expect the pitching to not be almost as good as it was in the first half. Maybe not the fourth and fifth starter position, but certainly the top three. Um, I do expect the Mariners to, at minimum, uh, finish the regular season with a wild card berth, but we will see. So those are my expectations from uh, for the second half with the Mariners. Mariners play the Detroit Tigers uh, starting today for a three-game series. Uh, this is an opportunity for the Mariners to create even greater momentum coming out of the break. Uh, Detroit is 39-50. and 50. There are five and a half games out of first. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians are in first place in the AL Central. They are 10 games out of the wild card. They have a negative 86 run differential. Uh, that The fact that they have a negative 86 run differential and they're only 11 games under 500 and five and, a half, five and a half games out of first is a sign of how terrible the American League Central actually is. Um, I watch the Tigers a lot. I roster... Spencer Torkelson in my home league. Uh, Detroit's not very good. Um, They haven't been very good for quite a while now, but Detroit's just not very good. Mariners are 45 and 44, six games out of first place behind the Texas Rangers, four games out of the third wild card and have a plus 36 run differential. So the Mariners, the better team, Uh, the Mariners should win two of three in this series. Um, I think Mariners fans should be happy with two of three, but a sweep is also not out of the realm of possibilities. A little Detroit Tigers history and background. Uh, The Tigers have been a major league organization since 1901. They have four World Series titles, the most recent in 1984, 11 AL pennants, four American League Central titles uh, in 2011, 12, 13, and 14. This was the uh, Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander era. Uh, Victor Martinez, on and on. Uh, They did, and they're a wild card in 06. They moved into Comerica Park in Detroit in 2000. Uh, Before that, they were in Tiger Stadium. You might remember Tiger Stadium for having that overhang deck in right field. 
Uh, they're owned by the Illich family or Illich Holdings. Um, the Illiches own Little Caesars, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, the big family in in uh, Michigan. Their GM is Scott Harris. He's 37 years old. He was previously the GM of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he was hired in 22 after Al Avila was fired. Uh, Al Avila was bad. He made some bad decisions. We'll go over those in a minute. Uh, their their swoon started in 17. Uh, they had a good run, as I said, between 11 and 14. In 17, they traded away J.D. Martinez, Justin Upton, and Justin Verlander. They didn't extend Brad Ausmus as the manager. They had the first overall pick of which they spent on starting pitcher Casey Mize out of Auburn. There were signs that Mize's fastball wasn't great coming out. His split finger was his best pitch. Um, nobody really questioned the the pick of Casey Mize when he came out, but I definitely think that there were others that would have done them much better. Some of those names include uh, Jonathan India, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Logan Gilbert, Nolan Gorman, Nico Horner, Matt McClain, Tristan Casas, Shane McClanahan. Uh, they were 64-98 in 17. They were 64-98 in 18. They were 47-114 in 2019. Uh COVID shortened 20. They competed but faded down the stretch and finished 23 and 35. In 21, they hired AJ Hinch as their manager, finished 77 and 85, which was ahead of all the predictions preseason. Uh, in 22, Avila was fired, as I said. They hired Scott Harris, uh, finished 66 and 96 with the worst offense in baseball. So now in the current 2023, the uh, Detroit Tigers have a team that is, again, like I said, not great. 2.1% playoff odds, according to fan graphs. Uh, their lineup, according to uh, roster resource, is Zach McKinstry hitting first at third base, Riley Green, center field, Spencer Torkelson, first base, Kerry Carpenter, DH, Matt Veerling, right field. Jose ba or Jose uh, Javier Baez hitting sixth at shortstop, Akil Badu left field, Andy Ibanez second base, Jake Rogers catcher. Uh, aren't a lot of big names on that list. Uh, Green was a fifth pick overall in nineteen, I believe. Torkelson was the number one pick overall in twenty. Uh, but you know, Javier Baez was signed to a six-year, hundred forty million dollar deal. It goes through 2027, and he was good for a two Fangrass war last season. He's at 0.4 Fangrass war this season. The majority of his war last season was his defense, not his offense. So that's been a pretty poor signing so far. Uh, just not a lot of offense at all. McKinstry's been decent. Carpenter has some power, but, you know, it's it's certainly not a playoff team when you look at that. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, they signed to an eight-year, $248 million deal in 2016 as a 33-year-old. We all knew that was a thank you, Miggy contract and not actually expecting him to perform, but he's fallen off a cliff. That's kind of hung as a uh, an anchor around the neck of the Tigers organization um, since he signed it. And then Eric Haas and, Zach, and uh, Zach Short off the bench. So offense is not good. Pitching-wise, uh, You've got Eduardo Rodriguez at the top of the rotation. They signed him to a five-year, $72 million contract in 2022. 
That runs through 26. Uh, that's a good deal for him. Uh, for the organization this season, he's four and five with the two, six, four ERA. We'll talk more about him in a minute. Uh, he's been hurt, but he in 19 and in 21, he was a three, seven and 3.9 fan graphs war pitcher for the Red Sox. He's good. He's effective. He's got, he's team controlled through 26 at a, at a very uh, low salary for his value. And because the Tigers aren't going to compete probably for the next couple of years, I think trading him for prospects is a good idea for the Tigers. We'll see what happens. Uh, Michael Lorenzen was a one-year, $8.5 million uh, free agent acquisition this offseason. He went to the All-Star game as the lone representative. He's about a four ERA pitcher. And then Reese Olsen, Matt Manning, and Tarek Skubal, who just came off of injury, round out their rotation. Alex Lang is their only reliever really of note. He's their closer, big curveball. Uh, fun pitcher to watch. They do have Matt Boyd and Casey Mize and Spencer Turnbull all on the disabled list. That's three core or 60% of what would probably be their starting rotation. Uh, and then even in the minor leagues, there's not a whole lot of excitement. You've got Colt Keith, who has risen this season as a left-handed hitting third baseman, risen in the prospect ranks. I've seen him top 25 on some lists. I'm not as high on him, but he is going to be a decent major leaguer. And then uh, Jace Young, Josh Young's brother, uh, is a second-base prospect. He was their first-round pick last year. And then you have Jackson Job, who was the number three pick overall a couple of years ago out of high school. Uh, 3,000-plus RPM spin on the slider when he came out. Um, don't know quite what he's going to be yet. A little bit young and risky. but So their system isn't even good, right? They just drafted Max Clark out of Indiana High School, number three overall. Uh, just this weekend, um, he's been comped to Corbin Carroll. We'll see. But, you know, if you're a Tigers fan, what are you looking forward to? Are you, you're hoping Spencer Torkelson lives up to the billing. He hits the ball hard, but we don't know whether Torkelson's actually going to be good. You hope Riley Green lives up to his billing. Top five prospect. Uh, I think Riley Green is going to be good. He may not be a superstar. You really don't have anything to look forward to as a Tigers fan. Um, sorry to say. There's some very loyal Tigers fans out there. Uh, So, I don't know. Where do you go from here? They've got two regulars with uh, over 800 OPS. Kerry Carpenter is 801. Riley Green is 835. Um, They've got one player, Zach McKinstry, with double-digit steals at 11. They have two players with double-digit home runs. Uh, Torkelson has 12, and Jake Rogers, their catcher, has 11. Um, but nothing really great to speak of. Pitching wise, Michael Lorenzen has a 403 ERA. Uh, but really in their starters, there's nothing else to speak of outside of uh Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh Terry Scuba has potential, but again, he's coming off an of injury. So Tigers organization looks very grim. Uh at least they will get out from under Miguel Cabrera's contract at the end of this season. Uh, you hope that they spend that money wisely. I think it's smart to bring someone from the Giants organization to run the Tigers organization. Um, Al Avila really did kind of sink the team with some of the draft picks and some of the uh, contracts that were handed out. So it's Luis Castillo against Eduardo Rodriguez at 710 tonight. Saturday at 640, it's Michael Lorenzen against George Kirby. And then Sunday at 110, it's Reese Olsen against Undecided for the Mariners. Um, I think this was 
Bryce Miller's spot, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure what the Mariners will do. Uh, they sent, well, Tommy Malone got outrighted to AAA. He's obviously an option. Uh, they could go with a bullpen day, given that it's Sunday. Um, you could also see Bryce Miller. Uh, Scott Service came out and said today that Bryce Miller will be back pretty soon after the All-Star break. So it wouldn't surprise me to see it be Bryce Miller as well. That would be great news for the Mariners. Eduardo Rodriguez, left-handed starting pitcher, 30 years old, 6'2", 231, signed a five-year, almost $72 million contract in 2022. But he has an opt-out uh, at the end of this season. I failed to mention that earlier. So they, he does not have team control, So which is why Detroit is looking to trade him. I misspoke there. Um, he could also opt in, but I doubt that he would do that because I think he would make more money than $15.4 million a year. Uh, he's four and five with a 2.64 ERA and a 1.00 whip, 71 and two thirds innings, 56 hits, 74 strikeouts. He's a 45% ground ball pitcher, just under 6% walk rate, 26% K rate. Uh, very, very good against lefties, 125 average, 239 with a 643 OPS against right handers. He will face the majority right handers. He throws a four seamer 42% of the time at 92 miles an hour. 23% cutter, 19% changeup, 10% sinker, 6% slider. So he mixes in five pitches. Um, zone contact is league average. Whiff rate is league average. What I find interesting is that his first pitch strike rate is 5% above league average. So you know you're getting strikes to hit. That actually might work in the Mariners' favor because they can be so aggressive at times. Um, but Eduardo Rodriguez is the opposing starter tonight. Luis Castillo is going for the Mariners. Obviously, we dug deep into him yesterday, but just for uh, just to remind, uh, he's pitching like a number one starter. His projections for the season are eleven and eleven with one hundred ninety five innings. He currently has a two eight five ERA and a one hundred four WHIP. Um, we all know who he is at this point in time. So, Mariners have an edge in pitching. Mariners have an edge with offense. Uh, Tigers have to travel. I, I think this is this series is set up for the Mariners to uh, to sweep, depending on who starts on Sunday. But we will see. Uh, Mariners fans, like I said, should be happy with two of three. So have fun. Stay glued to that internet with all these uh, rumors flying around. A lot of fun. This is a very fun time of year. I am very uh, tuned in and excited to see what kind of changes or tweaks the Mariners might make. Um, don't be disappointed if the Mariners really do kind of stand pat. I think that's been their approach, um, kind of messing around on the margins. If I had my druthers, if it wasn't a Shohei Otani trade, I would say stay the course. Don't give up too much capital, um, too much minor league capital to bring in uh, anybody this year unless they really truly think that um, this is a World Series team. So, Again, super fun. Uh, this this All-Star break was a lot of fun, doing the Mariners grades, going to the Futures game, uh, and looking forward to the next couple of months of Mariners baseball. Thank you for listening to the Mariners podcast uh, from Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Hopefully you can 
get some barbecue, have yourself a beer, sit outside, listen to the pod, watch the Mariners game, enjoy your weekend, rest up. It's going to be a hot one. Appreciate the listen, y'all. Take care. Peace.